Hey everyone, this is Andy Polk. And this is Ben Shaw. And this is BBJ, the Bathwater and the Baby Jesus podcast. Uh, Today we're doing things a little bit different. We're going to listen to an audio clip between Richard Nixon and Billy Graham uh, and then have a conversation about what we do with the clip and what we do especially with religious leaders when they fail. Okay, so today we're going to do something a little different um, than our usual format, if we have, in fact, established a format (laughs) after four episodes. Um, I was scrolling Twitter the other day, as I uh, do from time to time, Mm. which, you know, has... It's It's a dangerous thing. Take that for what it is. Um, It's usually my source of sports information more than anything. But I also follow some other podcasts and some theologians and and, uh, folks who put put their stuff out there in uh, a group called The New Evangelicals, which is a podcast and group that uh, deals with a lot of Mm post-evangelical topics, put out this tweet of a conversation a record audio recording of a conversation between Richard Nixon and Billy Graham that was recorded in the Oval Office yeah. in 1972, and uh, I listened to it, and my immediate reaction was to <laughs> send it directly to Andy, and I was like, "We, we should talk about this." Um, I think there's several points of yeah. conversation Lots that will kind of spring from it, but before we get into that, we're actually going to just play that audio clip for you all. And uh, and then uh, we will talk about it after that. You see, the Bible makes a distinction, Mr. President, between two groups of Jews. One is called the synagogue of Satan. There are two different kinds. And those people in the latter days are called the remnant of God's people, which will be Jewish people. And then there's the synagogue of Satan. And nearly all of your religious deceptions in the latter days, what the Bible speaks, latter days will be a thousand years uh, uh, what they call the synagogue of Satan. In other words, they are energized by a supernatural power called the devil. This is what the Bible teaches. Whether you believe it or don't believe it, this is the biblical teaching. Right. This is what I believe. And I believe that you have, the, they, have a, they have a strange brilliance about them. Oh. They have a, they have a, they're smart. And they, and, and they are energized, in my judgment, by a supernatural power. Well, also, they do something else. And you see, and uh, of course Hitler didn't, uh, they had a stranglehold on Germany, on the banking of Germany, on everything in Germany, and the media, they had the whole thing, you see, and but he went about it wrong. But, but this stranglehold has got to be broken, or this country is going to go down the drain. Yes, sir. I can't ever say it, but I believe it. Nobody can ever like it. The second time, we might be able to do something. All right. Wow, there you go. So obviously the audio quality is really bad. Um, We get that. And I'm going to put a link to the tweet, um, which has that audio transcribed as it's it's playing. And so you can actually kind of see that a little bit better. But we're going to talk about it. And then I'm also going to put, this was uh, pulled from an hour and a half long conversation that was had in the White House Oval Office in 1972. Um, There is a link. Uh, to the Richard Nixon archives, which has the full audio file. So just to kind of put that out there, if you want to yeah. go listen to the whole conversation, there was several other people in the room. I think there's like three or four other folks that were in there, just weren't weren't speaking at that time. So kind of just to let y'all know, you can you can certainly go check that out. In fact, I encourage you to do so. Um, so so anyway, I say all that, and uh, and so. As we were sitting here re-listening to this, I don't know that we had actually listened to the whole thing while we were in the same room together, and uh, it's it's tough for me to get through that. Um, There's there's so much to unpack. First of all, um, to hear who I can only describe as the most influential Christian leader of my generation. Yeah, and the and genera- previous and my, generation and my at least. parents' sure. generation uh-huh. speak like that is to a president, yeah, United States president. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I had already kind of understood and and 
realized there was lots of problems with Billy Graham up to this point. And, and you know, a lot of this stuff is, is fairly new to me as yeah. far as just working through, you know, uh, what it means to understand the Bible and all this, all this stuff. Uh, I mean, the, the term deconstructions happened and all this, but I mean, it's not, it's not a new, or it is a new thing for me. So there are still elements of the foundation yeah. of my childhood upbringing that are, are still there yeah and billy graham was definitely one of those yeah. pil- pillars yeah. of of that foundation did you ever do you ever get to go to any crusades I yeah did, you see yeah. yeah 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 i went I to the one in uh we're in tennessee yep. and and uh he came to nashville to the uh it was a Adelphia Coliseum at the times yeah. where the t- the Tennessee yeah. Titans play. We were there together. I oh, bet. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, was there I honestly as well. went because DC Talk was playing yeah. at the beginning. Right. Yeah. They were my favorite. Well, you got to have your priorities straight. That's, That's right. right. Hey, look. You yeah. know. I mean, again, we've established already. <laughs> I'm a musician, and and uh, I get down with the music. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and that was. Um, that was an experience, you know. I, one of the things that I, this is a, a already an aside that I always found interesting about um, growing up was I felt like you were required to get saved a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but then you're told that once you're saved, you're you're good. Yeah. But then, yeah. But, but, but then you need to yeah you, you got to recommit. You recommit all the time. You got to you know, come through and let's have revivals. So that, yeah. That's, that's that's it does yeah yeah. Anyway, that that's Picked beside the point. That I just yeah. remember that happening in mass, and I'm like, how are all these people who are at this Billy Graham crusade not already saved? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a yeah, that's a whole yeah. other thing. Um, so to hear that conversation, that it's uh, boy, it's something. It's something. Yeah. So uh, let's let's break down kind of two or three elements in there, and then talk about them. First of all, uh, a Christian leader speaking about an evil cabal of Jewish Jeez, smart yeah. people. Uh-huh. Boy, that's rough. Yeah. Um, so give us a little bit of history about that line of thinking with the uh, the rem- he mentions the remnant. Um, the Jews yeah, the, or the, the, yeah, the, the, the synagogue of Satan, yes, what's happening then, with, yeah. So there, I mean, honestly, it's a, the history of anti-Semitism and Christianity is the history of Christianity from about, I mean, maybe the second century on. Um, the, the early Christian community in the first century to century and a half, the pre- prevalent question uh, that, that motivated much of everything was, do you have to become a Jew to become a Christian? Which sounds weird now, yeah. but is a very reasonable question since Jesus was a Jew and right. the early Christian leaders were all Jews. And the understanding was this is true Judaism, right? This yeah. is the Jewish Messiah that comes. We properly understand this now, right? They, they yeah. thought afterwards. And I think so Paul spent a lot of his ministry trying to kind of yeah, the very fact questions. that Paul was was talking to Gentiles was the huge thing, right? And we yeah. have this multiple times in Scripture, two different versions of it, really, of, of Acts, and then Paul talking about it of him and uh, him and Peter get in this fight, and you know he yeah. goes through all this that you're not allowed to, and then you can, and what they do with it. But that it didn't solve it, right? This right. quote unquote Council uh, of Jerusalem in uh, Acts 15. Uh, the narrative acts as if, well, then they just decided and it was settled. Well, clearly it wasn't because everything Paul writes and everything we know of Christian history. Um, what he's talking about specifically there, the the synagogue of Satan, is uh, it comes from Revelation at the beginning of, of the book of Revelation uh, about these are, they, they claim to be Jews, but they're not really Jews is where it comes from. And they're, they're persecuting Christians. And this is part of this apocalyptic narrative. Uh, and that has been used quite a lot right throughout Christian history for Christians to, to persecute Jews, just blatant, uh, anti-Semitism of just real fast. If you hear random yeah. knocking and banging noises, we are recording this in my office, and uh, there are other things that happen in the building that uh, are Just sometimes very loud. Construction zone, yeah, as it comes through. <laughs> so, sorry about that, folks. Um, but just you know, we're not yeah, being if you shot hear it, at. That's why. Yeah, like everything's that. okay. So yeah, everything's that's fine. Yeah, we both look at each other like, oh, they may misinterpret that sound. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anti-Semitism was was a core. The idea was, would the Jews kill Jesus? Right, Jews killed Jewish Jesus, and they're all Jews, right? So this it's it's irrational in large measure, sure. But it's a matter of 
Um, this has been a long-standing understanding in the Western world of this idea of a cabal of Jews that are secretly in charge of things and we ought to take care of them. I mean, the, the first crusade, we think of the crusades, right, of going back and retaking Jerusalem and fighting against Muslims and there's all this. Uh, the first crusade, primarily the beginning, just marched through uh, Europe and massacred Jews, European Jews, massacred Jews. Yeah. Uh, men, women, children, and this was the holy work of God retaking everything. Um, right? Jews are expelled from uh, Spain, right? Which was part of that. Uh, Catherine, um, uh, uh, Ferdinand, and Isabella, right? That they they send Christopher Columbus through this. He goes through, and what's happening in Portugal and Spain? This this is the the expulsion of the Jews happens 1492. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue, you got to get them out. And now that now that um, the Inquisition has been uh, successful, now that all of the Jews are out, well, now we can start spreading the word of God throughout the world. Anti-Semitism has been at the core of all of this, and it's often linked, as Graham did, uh, with these. Ideas of prophecy and right here's your five dollar fancy word for the day eschatology, the study oh, of the end times. Look yeah, at use us. that in casual conversation, folks. That's right. Um, these, these eschatological understandings, the way the world ends and how it is, and it's the Jews. And, and you hear this today. You, I mean, you can it's, go into churches who it, talk about yeah. it. It is there. We love the Jews. We support Israel, but it's. I mean, if you get down to any details, it's supporting Israel because all the Jews have to go back to Israel for Jesus to come back. And then there's going to be a massive Holocaust, and then they don't really understand. And then it is not it is, it not, is not supporting not, yeah. Yeah, Israel as Jews as human beings in the way often. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's disturbing. And the most disturbing part for me there uh, is... When Richard was Nixon right, says, oh, because yeah, they're oh, smart. No, yes. <laughs> well... Richard, this whole other Richard Nixon yeah, yeah. stuff we get into. Yeah, no, yeah. is when Graham said, yeah, uh, Hitler was right that they really were controlling Germany and they really did have the banking system. He didn't do it the right way, but we've got mm. to make sure we've got to cut the ties that they have in our country. Yeah. Like, how do you casually go over, Hitler was right about the Jews. He didn't do it right, but you do have to get rid of them. Yeah, my jaw literally hit the floor. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's inexcusable. I know, I know that people have loved Graham, love Graham. We, we both did. Like, this is part of sure. the point of what it is. We, we understood the the Graham Crusades. That this was a, an integral part of the way we understood evangelicalism and, and, in the and world. And I imagine but, that lots of people um, to this day still find great meaning in in his yep. ex experiences with his ministry, and that's fine. But, but that we is have to acknowledge. You gotta acknowledge. We the reality. have to acknowledge the reality yeah. of what what is yeah. happening here and and it really makes me question all the motivations behind his whole ministry yeah if this is 1972 i mean his ministry started in the no, 50s i yeah. think right like yeah 40s 50s he, he did some stuff in world war ii but his his really takeoff was in the 50s okay his so worldwide campaigns yeah and, and a lot of that you know you look at the american history at that time right we're yep. post-war era we're coming through the the 50s yeah. the american dream mm -hmm. uh mentality and and so we are uh trying to build this country up and and graham is just right there with it in that process of, of building this ideal scenario which yeah. come to find out yeah uh, his ideal scenario involves um not having the jewish people yeah. around yeah which is just yeah man, that just really rocks me to the core and, and there's there's more connected to this with Graham that, that has come out partly since he died Right. And this is part this, of why we yeah. have these tapes. Right. So this was some background. Nixon recorded, had a secret recording system. If you don't remember Watergate, uh, if you don't remember Watergate, uh, a lot of people maybe who are listening were not born. So they don't remember Watergate. Uh, but he had a secret recording system uh, used primarily for blackmail. Uh, and then this came out through the uh, Watergate investigations. It went all the way to Supreme Court. He um, uh, claimed executive privilege. Uh, and the Supreme Court case, Nixon v. United States. You know you're in a problem when the, the Supreme Court case is president of the United States v. United States. Yeah. Said, well, there is such a thing as executive privilege, but not when uh, it's involving a legitimate criminal investigation. And this was. So you got to turn them all over. And, right. and so that's why we have a lot of these. Yeah. But 
And my this understanding was that this one was heavily like um, it was yeah. censored until yes. after Billy Graham. Passed. Yeah, um, through the the National Archives and through the uh, the Nixon Foundation to library. Yeah, there's there are parts of these that were sensitive because of people, and it was honestly it's political, of course. Sure. Um, but yeah, there were. As you said, Graham was a part of this. And we want you to understand, this is not, we aren't here to, this is an episode bashing Billy Graham. That's no. not what it is. It is wrestling with what happens when you have these religious leaders who you look up to, who you admire, and you find out it's not just they're imperfect, but there is some reprehensible stuff that's a part of this. Yeah. So let me ask the question. Um, I told Andy before we got started today. He's like, "I'm gonna have lots of questions, so get ready." Yeah, because uh, this is your. This is definitely gonna be more in line with sure. your area of expertise. Um, tell me where the idea, where where the theological idea comes from that he's referencing. Um, is this all coming out of Revelation? Because he he, yeah. he says the in the latter days he mentions yeah. the latter days yeah. and he says and the Bible says it's a, a thousand years and he said he said this is biblical teaching this is yeah. what the Bible says and it's like well yeah, it doesn't yeah it doesn't actually yeah. say that literally first of all so sure you're interpreting it but yeah. then, uh, so anyway let, just yeah, tell, tell me tell background, me yeah so the quick background of this what he is uh you're going to get a few fancy words today i All mean right. we'll, we'll factor in inflation and see how much these are worth uh, I'll, but this I'll, is i'll pay you after we're done this is technically a part of what we call dispensational eschatology okay. uh, if you want some more fancy ones it's pre-tribulational pre-millennial dispensational eschatology all right uh, which just flows off the tongue. Um, How many hyphens? And if you're are in if you're word? still listening right now after saying <laughs> those four ridiculous big words in a row, um, so this is it's very popular today. Most people who know this one, it, it's very possible that you know this from your churches. Um, it is an understanding that was uh, really popularized in the 19th century by the what's called the Schofield Reference Bible. Um, uh, John Nelson Darby came uh, tours. These were, were uh, British guys who came to the U.S. and toured around too. Uh, there was uh, trying to figure out biblical prophecy. Uh, the world was changing both in, in America in the, the lead up to the Civil War. Sure. And then uh, particularly as it took off in the late 19th century, uh, the beginnings of urbanization, yeah, industrial of industrialization. That's right. Yeah. Mass poverty that Americans had never seen before. Most sure. of the West had it wasn't possible beforehand. So what do we do? What's a Christian response to this? And uh, one great American theme is we are in the end days. Uh, there's not a lot of people say American history has always been. There's very little you can fill in that's been consistently true. One is um, America has been pretty consistently religious, more religious than most Western uh, nations, and therefore every generation believes they are the last generation. Of course we're special. Of course we look at it. So this was a, a big understanding of end times prophecy. The dispensations come to an idea that there were different ways through time. Uh, through the world history that God has interacted with the world, right? So the the antediluvian time, right? So there's the 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 time of Eden, and then the time right. of the patriarchs, right? The, the antediluvian time, then the time of the patriarchs, and the time of the judges, and then you have the kingdom, right? So it goes through all this. It's very complicated, and there's no way. There are fantastic charts that are made <laughs> of this that are just like illuminated manuscripts. But what it comes down to is trying to to read. Uh, the proverbial, perhaps biblical tea leaves, uh, in a, in a very similar way. As you said, this, there's like the synagogue of Satan. He's like, well, this is just biblical. It's there. Well, it's from like the first part of Revelation, which is a part of apocryphal literature that we understand was a, a genre that they use at different times. But we're yeah. you you take and you pull from these, and what you develop is a very complicated schema that says these are the things that indicate that the world is ending. Yeah, and, and correct and, me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, Revelation was written, and and really a lot of the the New Testament writings were written in an, in a culture that believed that that was they were in the end times. Correct. Oh well, this is this is the consistent thing, certainly of the first generation of Christians, right? I mean, this is you get this throughout the Bible that we don't usually talk about. Um, 
but they very much so believe this was the end times, right? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back now, right? right? And, and part of this comes from the, the gospels, or at least in the synoptic tradition, right? I tell you, this generation will not pass until they see me come in the glory. Right, and you look at Peter's uh, sermon at Pentecost. It is an apocryphal sermon. What is happening right here is all these people are speaking these languages that they haven't learned, and everyone's understanding. That's because God is pouring out God's Spirit on the earth, the Holy Spirit, and He does that at the end days. But this is the end times, folks. Yeah. Um, Paul says, "Don't get married." We don't right. do this one in Corinthians, right? I mean, if you need to get married, like get married, but like it's a it's pretty much a waste of time because Jesus is coming back tomorrow, and if not tomorrow, probably next week. Right. And, and being married takes a lot of time. Why don't you just, you know, live out the gospel on earth and then it's all going to end. So it's okay. Yeah. So they definitely believed this. The apocryphal writings seem to be, there's, there's debate over this in, in the literature. Let's, but let's define the word apocryphal. Apocryphal. This is the, uh, the end time. So there's, there's part of it that is, um, you can talk the apocrypha, the ones that are outside of the canon. When we talk about apocryphal language, it is this kind of mystical, supernatural, these are the things happening. Um, uh, Daniel, Ezekiel, right? There are portions of this type of literature. It's, mm. it's like a genre style Okay. Um, that takes these uh, kind of mythological type of symbols to explain what's really happening, usually in the day and time. That's what it is. Right. And our, our best understanding Wait. really of Revelation Wait, is Andy, that too. Are you yeah. telling me that the Bible was written to a certain yeah, almost, group of yeah. people at uh -huh. a certain specific uh -huh. time. In their day and time. And yeah. Wow. And so when we come up with things that they could never have understood, we're we're probably just being very arrogant and self-centered. And our understanding of Revelation is this is it was late, um, at least late first century, if not early second century. And it's mostly dealing with Rome. It's explaining what Rome is and what they're doing and how it's happening right. with the persecution and why. In the right. end, God wins. That's right. that's what Revelation they're, they're, is. They're trying to justify yep. the reason for keeping their faith in that all this judgment's going to yep. rain down on the yep. oppressors that are keeping us down. We thought it's going to happen. You know what? God still wins. It's going to work, and it happens. And even in ways that in this kind of dispensational, the popularized thing uh, of that's really popular in these churches now, doesn't really actually hold with a lot of biblical stuff. Somewhat, not I mean, not surprisingly, really, right? The, there's going to be uh, the you know the the great battle that comes at the end, and you can, well, I mean, in actually the turn when that happens, God just goes and you're done. Like there's no actual battle. They all amass against God, and then God says, and that's it. But yeah. it, that doesn't work well with things. So so this is part of what it is, and part of the. This understanding popularized what most listeners, well, some listeners might understand. Uh, at one point, the best-selling series in American history, Left Behind. Yeah, uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry all, Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim LaHaye, a pastor. Jerry Jenkins, a writer. And Tim LaHaye wrote all the stuff. From yeah, those books. that's right. That's right. That's the part that here is so difficult. I, I don't. I mean, you know, put all cards on the table. I think this this left behind dispensational uh, theology. I think it's, I just one, it doesn't square with the the biblical tradition. It doesn't square with Christian history. Um, I don't believe it, et cetera, et cetera. But the real problem of it all is that um, the real problem of it all is that there's a lot of other stuff that's tacked onto this. Yeah. With most of the time, it is it is really a very complicated understanding of why we are right and privileged and good, and right. we are the best, and God's going to destroy all those others, and we we have the secret knowledge that understands what's really happening, and anti-Semitism is almost always at the heart of it. Often now, uh, xenophobia, racism, misogynism often become entwined in all of this together, and and quite frankly, you see that explicitly with Graham here. Yeah. So, so for you, you just said right. You 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 read the Left Behind series. You yeah. had this. What what was your experience with just that part? The, this kind of dispensational end of the world stuff. So you know, we were uh, a very. It wasn't uh, quite fire and brimstone. Yeah. Uh, I would say a lot more. Um, keeping yourself out of hell rather than keeping yourself ready for the rapture, uh, but it yeah. was certainly a part of it. You yeah. know, you 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 keep your house in order because Jesus could come back at any mm -hmm. time, and that was kind of the the language and idea that you know he's coming. It could be tomorrow. Yeah, you know, there was never an attempt to say when. 
right? Mm. You know, uh, that, at least not that I remember. Um, but it was always implied that it was any time, you know. It, what, it, why don't it, you explain the rapture? You use that those terms we need to find for okay. those who are not familiar with them, perhaps. Okay, so, so well, and this is this is my understanding. Yeah, so, that's fine. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Will, so this this will be a non theological description <laughs> of the rapture. But basically, uh, you know, Jesus says he's coming back right to uh, raise the dead. So mm-hmm. all the souls of all the Christians who have mm-hmm. been saved, and then the the souls of the Christians who who have been saved, which mm-hmm. prayed that sin prayer Jesus comes and lifts them up takes them all back into heaven with him it creates a period of uh, dystopian uh-huh. uh, you know turmoil where there's an opportunity for people to can mm-hmm. you know get saved again yeah. or the or, tribulation yeah, yeah usually but, seven yeah. years that people are yeah. there yeah. so there's this time frame and then there's all kinds of you know uh, signs and symbols that are mm-hmm. talked about the end times, yeah. you know, you know, the, the Antichrist. Uh, a lot of this language is, yeah. is, and you know, a lot of that theology that I got that understanding came from those came books. from behind. That's right. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and they came. And in fact, I saw somebody reference on, in a tweet and be like, called somebody a Nikolai Carpathia, which Ooh, which was the name yeah, the of the character Antichrist who character. Antichrist, yeah. And I was like, oh my. Gosh, yeah. that's really in, it, it's, it's ingrained. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. But so, so that's that's my you know uh, uneducated no, description that, of of the rapture. That is that's, an educated description of yeah. the rapture, right? That's where, yeah, it, it comes. And this is usually the we're the special ones, right? I cannot wait for the rapture because we're the ones who are right, and Jesus is going to take us up, and then yeah. oh, you people, yeah, we're ready for always, the tribulation. I yeah. mean, I, I remember laying in bed thinking at night, be like, would my clothes go with me? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I mean, that's that's how much I, I, I actually yep. heard referenced yep. um, on a podcast I was listening to. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts. In case you haven't picked <laughs> up on that, a lot, a lot of my source of information is from <laughs> audio uh, formats uh-huh. of other people talking. Um, but it was uh, uh, a, a guy that was interviewing a, an author and. She, she was talking about um, her husband, who is a pastor, and uh, ha- was meeting with a student um, whose mom kept wanting them to come because she was having, uh, come to find out after five or six meetings, she was having night terrors about the rapture, oh, about yeah. being left behind and all of her family uh-huh. going up and her being left. And this is like a, you know, eight, nine-year-old kid. Yeah, and uh, and and that was that was a real fear that she had, and and uh, yeah. So I mean that that's a and and that's a real fear yeah. that that is definitely not shied away from yep. in the in the. That's right. Yeah, it is pervasive Christian. and not accidentally. Yeah, yeah, that there is there's a part of this that yeah that's to be afraid, and you need to get your life right so that you're not left behind and you yeah. can go through. Which I think is a really unhelpful and uh, almost, I guess, unhealthy way yeah. to approach Christianity. But that's that's kind of another conversation we can have um, at another time, right? Yeah, where yeah, but I I think that's central to this, right? Your motivation is to get saved, not to live the gospel on earth, right? That there's yeah, yeah, that changes how you go. Yeah, yeah, but this is how it becomes all muddied up, right? Some some listeners may may have experiences with this, either left behind or Sunday school, or you were raised with it or heard from the pulpit, or you just, you know, just really loved that. What they, they made the movies from this. They made one. Nick Cage. Nick was Cage. In, yeah. That was the remake though. The yeah. original oh, where was, the guy um, from like, uh, not from full, full house. house. No, yeah. it wasn't full house. It was another one. Uh, um, oh, what is his name? Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Thank you. Because you know there were Full people House listening was, to this who related. wanted yeah. to. Yeah, they, they related? Seem like some Candace listeners. Cameron. Yes, Candace yeah. Cameron. That's yeah. where it is. Yeah. We got there. Yeah, he was there who who is an evangelical Christian and, and believes this. I think they made two, maybe three. They were truly horrible, in my opinion, movies. You know, I can honestly and proudly say I never watched Oh, them. you should. I would say I they're so bad to. they're entertaining. You just I knew read the, the story. You knew it. That's right. That's right. The literati of Left That's Behind. Right. Um, I've never seen a movie that I, I had also read the book with the exception of Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm going nice. to throw that in there. there that go. I liked a lot. So Yeah, there's... So I... I worry about all this. 
I yeah. worry about it. Um, I don't think it's bad, right? This is not if you're from a, a you know a, a tradition or a congregation or you know your parents or someone they're really into biblical prophecy and going. It's not like an inherently bad or unhealthy thing. I don't I don't believe that, but it is a, a schema that is very ripe for a lot of unhealthy stuff. If nothing else, it is an exclusive, an exclusive club, right? Yeah. Not just in, in terms of Christianity, of what you find truth and what you have, right? There's some exclusivity there in different veins of, of Christianity that we can talk about perhaps later on. But um, this one is very much so you're the good ones, right? You are taken up, you are raptured, the others are left behind. Yeah. And the interpretations are just so... And I and it's I did so broad. That. I did grow up thinking that I was a part of the only club that was going. Yes. And yeah, yeah. All the other Christian clubs, the supposed Christian ones, are going to find out. They, but, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, you know, but we I, need to we I, need to pray remember, Jesus over them and yeah. make sure. Hopefully, in the tribulation, when the Antichrist rises in the yeah. UN with the, the European Union of thirteen <laughs> and Reagan or Gorbachev, yeah. like I remember it, thinking yeah. that like my friends were 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 going to be left behind. Yeah. They yeah, be, they it becomes ingrained. We didn't in my tradition. We didn't. I, I've I studied this uh, professionally, but growing up, my tradition was generally the the fancy term is a millennial. And the millennium, by the way, is so the the basic storyline is some point the world's getting worse and worse and worse, and some point God's just like enough. I'm done with this. So sends Jesus down. Jesus takes all the good Christians. There's seven years. It gets super crazy. The Antichrist rises up and establishes the temple in Jerusalem and blah, 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 blah. But Everybody bad gets stuff, barcodes on the back of their poured head. off. That's right. Sick, 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 all this stuff. Yeah. So, in the, But some people may come to God in this time when, when it all rains. And then at the end of that, you have the grand battle of Armageddon, which, again, biblically is God being like, and you're wiped out. But becomes far more uh, you know, romanticized or mythologized in generally these schemes and Megiddo and all this happens. But at that point, then the rapture comes, which is the, the, I mean, not the rapture, the millennium, the thousand year reign of Christ on earth. And then after that, Satan slash one of the beasts is let out from the fire and then it's the final judgment and then it's all heaven, right? It's a long road to heaven, basically. Yeah. My tradition was like, yeah, none of that, just heaven. Like God's going to come back or Jesus is going to come back. It's the end of everything. There's the sorting, the final judgment. That's it. Right. But even that was ingrained so much that, I, I mean, I remember distinctly when I was a kid, if there was like a really bad thunderstorm, legitimately fully, I thought, there's a chance this is it. Maybe this is it. This is this sounds like what it would sound like if if Jesus is coming back from the clouds and ending the stuff. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Coming on the clouds with fire. The the way that this happens is the part that that bothers me. I, the, the, it's not a blanket statement. It's just from my experience. Sure, the the communities who are really into this are really unhealthy. Yeah, from my experience, I'm not saying there aren't those who have who are, are kind and compassionate humans who go around. And I think usually in these communities there is kindness and compassion, but it seems to be very specific to some people and yeah. very good about othering and being very afraid of those other people and how it works. And it's that that's the part that worries me. So that part wasn't surprising to me that he is combining this this kind of dispensational left behind stuff with. Oh my goodness! The Jew, Hitler was right. He went about it in a wrong yeah, way. Jews are smart. But we got to do it better. They yeah. got us under their thumb. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's horrendous. It's disturbing. It's it's inexcusable. And this is right. This may be another baby bathwater thing, but I think it's more, it's more difficult. I sure. It's not necessarily that if you then have left, you've read Left Behind and you are awaiting the, um, we're not saying if you are awaiting the rapture, you are an anti-Semite or you're, you're a racist or you're a, a misogynist. Of course not. But what, what I am explicitly saying is that scheme is very ripe and very inviting and very open to anti-Semitism and racism and xenophobia. Right, and, because and, it's all formed around the structure that you're looking out for other people who are going to be bringing these bad things to you. Who are bad and worse, yes, you. that's right. Yeah, and all this is happening, and, and it's a weird dynamic of you almost celebrate these horrible things because it means Jesus is coming back for me. That's good. Yeah. But, oh, look at this. But it the 
it's the self-righteousness that immediately comes out of this. Yeah. It just, it reeks continuously of self-righteousness. Um, it's, it's really, it's really problematic in how it can, I mean, it's beyond problematic of itself, right? Sure. It's deplorable, I would say, but it's problematic in that. How do you untangle that from the gospel and the Christian message and how it goes when, when you have been brought up in this idea that almost that's what it is, right? You still be clean, you still be good, you go to church, but somehow the motivating impulse is really figuring out the signs and reading through, and we, we care about Israel, but usually it's Israel who only like votes a certain way or not the bad ones, right? It's explicitly what Graham was right. saying. There's some good ones and bad, some of them are okay. You got to watch out for those other ones, they're bad. Yeah. Oh, and man. What, what, what makes a good Jew versus a bad Jew? Yeah. The, the one that Usually, disagrees with me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, whether or not <laughs> they agree with just, us. Oh, I mean, that's the definition. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's, that yeah. is. And it, which is still essentially dehumanizing, right? For sure. You can't. Well, it is. That's de- a passive. It's, yeah. It is absolutely dehumanizing, right? Not yeah. people unto themselves. It is It is pawns in this large game. Um, anything that makes it easier to dehumanize people, uh, I, I would say, is something we need to throw out. Absolutely. And so it's a problem. But there's another part of this that, that comes that we started with. It's the fact that Billy Graham was saying all this. Yeah. Who is this? Um, and, and this is obviously, and I think, I, 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 uh, I'm pretty sure that they, he says this, and it might actually be Nixon saying this, but he says, I can't say this, but I agree with you. That was Nixon who said that. That was Nixon yep. who said that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I can't say this out loud, of course, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That, sound, and, that sounds right. And so what what that tells me is that um, all, the, all the stuff on the surface just kind of seems superfluous at this point, right? It's not yeah. it's not real. It's not yeah. what was supposed to be a you know, good fruit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever term you want to sure. throw out there. You judge by the fruits, sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's kind of rotten on the inside though. Which yeah. just really I don't That's yeah, yeah I, I think that's it, right? This is this is bathwater Jesus stuff. It is Can you still take from Graham or or let's broaden it out, right? I mean, I think this is a problem that that people have that we've had in our experiences a lot of people who are on the fringes of the church, have left Christianity, are thinking about and unsure, right? All of this. Sometimes it's Christianity as a whole. Sometimes it's church. Sometimes it's worship. Sometimes it is a religious leader who's supposed to be a great man or woman of God. And let's be honest, it is most often a man, both because of, of patriarchy in the church and because of the world that we live in. Um, yeah, which... Uh, is, is where patriarchy dominant and the church That's exactly right. Yeah, and so what happens when there's uh, a man of God who you respect and has has helped you through, and then you find out, as we talked about on a previous episode, is having multiple affairs that has happened in places, or is um, uh, is happened in many denominations and sects. There's been rampant sexual abuse, including of minors. Yeah. Uh, of of women abuse. under the care. Yeah, of all this. And it's been swept under the rug. Even that, maybe the, the leader wasn't the one who, who did this, so often it is. But it, this, is, this is, again, my danger of institutional church. If you believe, if it's a movement that is not trying to do good in the world, but a thing that must exist for there to be good in the world, I easily can justify Oh, that's a bad thing, and we don't like it. Of course, of course, we don't condone that. But if it gets out, people won't. We won't exist, and if we don't exist, we can't do any good. And so, right. And so, what happens when these these great spiritual leaders, yeah, made, which is it, just not. How do you maintain the whole thing works when this person who's supposed to be the exemplar of it is yeah. when seems in reality, abominable to you? Yeah. When in reality, what should happen is that immediately you tear it all down and just start over if you believe i mean my response is yes if you believe in it what you must do the the thing that is at the height of your mind is how could this possibly happen in this community that we have you will never sweep it under the rug you apologize you will try to find help for those victims you will if it's possible after the victims have been um have been protected 
that you concentrate on their healing. We believe in the Christian tradition, yes, there is redemption, but the redemption is not you go and do a tour and you come back and found another church. Yeah, it's not restoration. It is not. Yes, that's exactly right. Redemption. Love by God, you come is not the same thing of you you get the power and prestige back. Right. You, you, you can't. It's Which not is healthy. unfortunately what, what we're seeing Usually right now. Usually what happens. Even, yeah. I mean, you're seeing it with uh, Mark Driscoll yep. from, from Mars Hill and that whole thing and then he's founded another church in arizona yep. uh you know brian houston with hillsong yep. right now he's going around speaking to churches here in in the states uh who are inviting him to come speak yep. you know and because all you it, have to do is change that story right well yeah. oh i did you know what the god forgives us isn't it great what god has done and i have but yeah. that's not accountability that's not responsibility that's not it's just moving yeah. so what do you it's the game it's the great game yeah but it is easy, right? Too much when I've, I've brought this up even growing up that we've talked about these experiences when I say, but that's not true, that's not right what it is. Um, it, it becomes a thing of, yeah, but, but those are like, it's the bad apples thing. It's the easiest thing that we see, right? In these discussions of, of police and everything. What's, it's a bad apple. That has nothing to do with the church. You know what? We're all imperfect and we mess up at a church. But there's a part that is rational to saying, yeah, but if the church allows and somehow perpetuates that, maybe the whole thing is rotten. Yeah. I, my experience says no. Yeah. Except maybe that tree. This is the problem. Christianity as a whole. No, I've seen too many communities, too many people who are, are loving and compassionate and open and, and in, admittedly imperfect and moving through. But I've seen some communities that I say, yeah, I, I not every human being who walks in the doors, but the institution, it's a rotten tree. Yeah. And it keeps producing rotten fruit. Yeah. And that's... I don't think we sweep that under the rug either. I don't think we right. we well, pretend that away. But man, it's hard, especially when it's not Billy Graham, but it's your preacher right. you've been with for ten years, or you grew up with, and then oh yeah, but having an affair with right the, an elder's wife or the deacons like this. Wait, what? The, everything you've taught, you don't seem to live. Yeah. It has, so what does and, any of this matter? What does like, any of this matter? It seems like time after time after time, yeah. the excuse is given, well, you know, I made a mistake, but we believe in forgiveness, so you should forgive me and mm -hmm. let's move forward. That's right. And when in reality, it should be like, yes, I made a mistake. I should not be leading you yep. anymore. I'm going to step down. I can't. It's I never have to find happen. some way to. Yeah. Right. And uh -huh. I'm not, no, that's not fair. I won't yeah. say it never. Yeah. There's sometimes it does. Yes. But and then the question is, when does the when does the redemption tour start? I that mean, somehow it, becomes. It, it, yeah. If it were up to me, never. Yeah. You know, I I I don't. If it's involving if it's involving children, never. Yeah. Period. I, you can't ever have that person around children. You know, and that again. and but, that may be harsh. And that's that's how I, I feel. Know. Yeah. You know, I don't. It, I have a I have a big problem with giving people an authority over other people whenever yep. they have proven when they have abused that authority that yeah. they cannot uh -huh. be trusted yep. with it and yeah. so i don't i don't yeah. know that there is a way to earn it back and my and no. that's just my yeah. boss like uh, yeah i will forgive you yeah and and that's yeah that's try fine. to find some way uh, you know? that there can be yeah this, but i'm not going to trust you again this is the this is the reality of this is the thing that we talk about that we want to admit we don't have it all figured out because we live in, an, in a messy broken world yeah. maybe that's that's not right and there's certain situations that can be but from best that we can i agree with you best i can see in the way that the world functions, no, that person does not and should not have authority anymore. Certainly not religious, spiritual authority. Yeah. It doesn't mean they can't go to church. It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It doesn't mean God cannot redeem them in some way. Yeah. But, but instead, what you there see are consequences. Yeah. Instead, what you see is, uh, uh, I saw a video of a guy who had an aff uh, affair, or yeah. there was some. It's it's actually still all happening right now, and I'm I'm not gonna name names because yeah. yeah, yeah, I honestly no. just don't remember yeah, sure. the yeah. names. But he uh, he got to control his own narrative, right? Yep. Like he got into trouble, and there was this quote unquote long investigation. But he was the one who got yeah. to tell the church about what this other person did and and what he did in the and situation we all make mistakes he got a just, standing ovation yep. after it yeah, was absolutely. done yeah he got a standing yep. ovation i'm yep. just like 
Why yeah. is he the one? He should, you know, the person yeah. who has committed the uh, whatever, you know, you want to call it sin, infraction, uh, abuse. Yeah, um, I mean, it depends on the, the circumstances. Above, some, yeah. Should not be the one who is telling the people that they lead about yeah. it because um, un- unless it's saying, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake, I'm stepping down, yeah. and you won't see me again. Yeah. Which, again, I, the. I, I think this all goes back to that conversation we had before about the church and the institution of the church. And if if this person is in this type of leadership position, they've probably already made the justification to themselves mm-hmm. that, well, look at all this good that I'm yep. doing so they can forgive me for this one thing so that I can keep doing this right. good and we yeah. can and we can keep doing this good. And it's all for the greater good. And yeah. And in those situations, right, we, we, we have to admit there is there is a difference in terms of even this is difficult to say, right? There, there is a difference between the the anti-Semitic language and and what we've seen, uh, say, in the Catholic Church or the Southern Baptist Convention that's come out of rampant abuse, physical, sexual abuse of yeah. minors, of um, of authority figures on those who came to them for counseling, and then. Um, manipulated or or raped or bit right, and then suddenly the narrative moves. You move them over, and that's going to stain the church, and you can't. So we, we there are there are differences in the way that different people can can fail. Sure, but it's still failing, and there are times that that goes both ways yeah if there are some things that you say this and and there's it was wrong you shouldn't have said that i i think it indicates something that's wrong in your worldview right quote unquote in your heart of the way you do and you abusing your authority and your power to manipulate and abuse another human being god still loves you god i I don't like that yeah. I believe God still loves you. Yeah. I believe that you can find redemption. I will do everything in my power to make sure that you never have that authority again so you never have the possibility to abuse it. And I am significantly more concerned about the health and right living of the person who was abused right. more than the abuser. And somehow this happens. And I... Oh, I do time. not think it's coincidental the that most often this is men as the abusers and yeah. women as the abused, and we are concerned about the men yep. and how they go and the leadership, and it has right. right. Those are entwined together. Yeah. In I mean, these, these victims are ostracized; they are they are shunned yep. and pushed away and made to be less than when they're the ones. <laughs> Who were abused should be rallied around and supported and yeah. taken care of and, and yeah and, and you're right I mean uh, just historically looking at yeah. the facts it's much more heavily leaning men abusing women yes and and a lot of that is again we've said already the structure of patriarchy yeah. in the church which is a whole nother podcast yeah um, but that that leads to this um, setting up this scenario where women are coming to men for spiritual counseling and yep. then uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, the Billy Graham, uh, the Billy Graham rule, rule. Yeah, yeah. you know that that that's certainly something that is still very prevalent in yeah. our society in, in this so let's let's define that in case you don't know this is a famous thing that Billy Graham, uh, well, I mean, some have talked about it afterwards, not technically in the same way that Graham did, but this was uh, the rule within uh, the campaign, certainly for Graham, that Graham would never be alone with another woman other than his wife. And their, their dual purpose of this, his primary purpose was they thought about uh, all his enemies would basically get some woman to, in the way they described it, you go to your hotel room and you, you walk in, you close the door and out pops a naked woman from under the bed and she takes pictures and then runs out and they use that to malign the gospel and everything right. else. And then they also talk about on the side of, uh, yeah, but also because somehow if you're alone with another woman, you're definitely going to have sex at some point. And so somehow sexual purity <laughs> is not being alone with the, with a woman, which right. is, by the way, if that is truly your problem, you're called a predator. If yeah. you cannot be alone with another woman and not in some way it becomes sexual, you're a predator. Right. But also that is inherently demeaning towards women. What it means is women can never have co-equal relationships 
of power and authority with a man in those situations if Correct. they can't be. Right? So let's be honest about all of that together. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily line up with the part that we were talking about with women coming to men for counseling. Mm. Because in that scenario, the women coming to the man is coming in a, in a submission already because yes. they are coming to in ask In a matter of authority. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And, and so I don't want to no, insinuate. We're not saying that, those, are, those aren't apples to apples, but it, but it is all part of the same schema, right? The right. same way that that happens where you come through and this person has right, authority and moves through and how you, yeah. yeah. There's hierarchies. There's dynamics that are supposed to be ingrained. Correct. Yeah. And the abuse happens because oh, yeah. of those. Yeah, and there, I mean, that's rampant. I, I mean, you know, I grew up with the True Love Weights movement. Oh with yeah, the, with all all yeah. of this idea, purity rings and roses, product and all that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, part of that culture and idea was that it's on the women. Every every problem oh, that yeah. a guy has, sure. it's because of of women, and you know. Yeah, women like, are responsible for men's or, lusting yeah, or men's, yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah. I remember those words being said to me. Like, oh, it, yes. Like, it was, yeah. you know, dress modestly mm-hmm. because you don't want to tempt your brothers. That's right, yeah. In Christ. And yeah. I, you know, I mean, I grew up believing that. Yeah. And, and it oh, was absolutely. In, ingrained yeah. in, in my upbringing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's still, I mean, it, it's one of those things that's, it's so ingrained that you almost, it's subconscious at this point. Yes. And so it, that's something that I've really tried yeah. to do a lot of work on and understanding my thoughts around women and, um, and understanding that uh, it's not their responsibility to be concerned about what no. I'm looking at or what yeah. I'm doing. You yeah. know, like that's on me. That's on uh, – <laughs> that's – it's not it's not uh, their responsibility for what a guy thinks right like it's it's yeah, a man's responsibility to, to approach and treat people with respect or or anybody let's just say anybody yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll say man right. sure. woman we're not yeah. I don't want to uh, necessarily put a gender on that statement um, but you know it's everybody is equal and should be treated as such and there's no yeah. you know one way that people I don't I'm rambling, so I'm probably well, going to end up cutting Well, no, I out. think, and if listeners, right, this is, right, it's, again, it's not apples to apples, but even that scheme of that that comes to where, yeah, sexual purity is a woman's responsibility, there, part of that becomes all of that of true love weights and, and being modest and everything, but it there it very easily then translates to when a, when a man sexually abuses, when a man rapes a woman, it's the woman's fault. Like, what did you? What were you wearing? Where were you? Like, somehow, yeah. again, if you, if no matter what a woman is wearing, if a woman, yeah. a most beautiful woman in the world, walks in naked, and you, and and that man cannot help from sexually, physically attacking that we, those are called sexual predators. Right. It's not just like a casual. So these things move together. So this is right. There, there are two avenues that this meets with with Billy Graham. Because some may be wondering, didn't we start with Billy Graham and Nixon? <laughs> One is that um, we need to admit if we're going to talk about the ways that religious leaders disappoint us and what we do, which we're, we're going to get back to in just a second, we have to admit we we cannot talk around the ways that that has happened in horrible disgusting, abominable ways throughout religious communities throughout time, but certainly what we've seen lately. And that matters for people. So we don't want to, we don't dismiss that and not talk about it. Right. But there's also the dilemma that we come back to Graham of when I said my worry of this kind of dispensational end of the world stuff is it's it's a scheme, a schema that's built in that has that that is ripe for, that maybe encourages these other things that are very real world issues yeah. that affects how we treat people and oppression and power and movement. And I, I think it is similar to true love waits, women don't tempt your men to it's a woman's fault that that she was raped. That there, the, it doesn't immediately flow. Everyone who says right that women need to be modest doesn't mean that they're always victim blaming. It doesn't it's not automatic. Right. But you see how it allows easily for it that, maybe unconsciously for it. Yeah. I, I think this is this is part of the issue that I worry about with this the end of the world stuff. It's just so often it's not coincidental. Yeah. That racism and anti Semitism and misogyny and, and all of this are, are moved together. Yeah. But then so 
I mean, there's no fixing this. This is another one that we've talked about before. There's no like, so if you out there have, <laughs> have experienced this and there's someone who has been, um, that has been uh, abusive physically, sexually, spiritually towards you, I, I don't know an answer there. Just simply because of, of personal experience, um, as we talked before, I, I work uh, quite often with uh, survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, and there's there's some experiences there with, with that community in different ways. There's no like, but don't worry, Christianity is still here. I, that's a hard hurdle. Yeah. I, I just hope and, and literally pray that there are people of goodwill and compassion that help those incredibly strong people who who wrestle and deal with that the rest of their lives, that they can come to a point of health and, and healing with that. Not necessarily like, well, then now go to church. It's it's another part. Right. But even when you see these um, communities where the religious leader, the preacher or whatever is embezzling, right, that it's a, it's a consensual affair, right, that or even that we'll talk about in later times the way that a lot of Christian communities talk about through politics, when they think yeah. they're talking about politics, talk about other human beings and explicitly dehumanize them in ways that you find morally appalling. How do you say, well, yeah, but that's that person. It's not as easy as it's that person, but everyone else is okay. Right. Especially if you are a part of experience a community that, yeah, it's that person, but they're hearing all this and they stand up and cheer, right? In your example before. We don't have easy answers in that, but we need to acknowledge that yeah. and still say we acknowledge it, but we yeah. still have faith, but it is there's some communities that I believe are rotten communities, Yeah, even if it hurts, and sometimes it's getting as far away from that as you can. Yeah, but, and, and just hope and, yeah. and pray that, that people who are, are in a community like that, that there can be change. And, and I have seen change happen yeah. in, in communities like that before where yeah. there was toxic leadership and that leadership was ran off or left mm-hmm. for whatever reason and healing was, was done. Yeah. Unfortunately, it takes a lot longer to build something than it does to tear it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it and, takes a lot of time and a lot of difficult conversations and yeah. looks and yeah. That's so, right. you know, hope, hopefully if you find yourself in that situation, um, don't don't give up. Yeah. Uh, you know, or or do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't yeah, have a, I mean, I don't, it depends on what up, giving but, up. Yeah, not of, of the church, of yeah, Christianity, yeah. Of how that works. I, yeah. I, don't don't give up on yourself. Yeah. Don't don't. That's right. You know, know, know that, uh, you know, we've said it many, many times on this podcast. We're all equally made. Yeah. Right. We're all equally loved. And um Hopefully you can you can find a place where you can uh, get some healing and get some some uh, you know some examples of love or yeah that's like, right you know and and this is another one we we always do this at the end and, and we really do mean it if th- this is a lot this is a this is a big topic right yeah. it was a starting off point we talked about we, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff but that's okay right we're yeah. admitting the, the the dirty realities of all of this and what we do with it and how we go if there's something that you think that we have missed that we we've said. Uh, that was um, insensitive or outright wrong, or that, that because of your perspective and understanding, we we want to hear that, right? Yeah. That, that's that's the way it works. Uh, it's the way it should work with all of us. So we want to make sure we have that. The the uh, email uh, address is, is? Yeah, babyjesuspodcast at gmail Yeah. So if you if if you have uh, some issues, some concerns, you just have thoughts from your own experiences of this. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, we're definitely always trying to learn and and see new perspectives on this because we can talk about this all day long. I've never experienced spiritual abuse in the church. I've never experienced. I've never been a victim of that. So I can't speak from that perspective. And um, it would if if you have and you want to share. I mean, we would. Love yeah, to hear it's that. a really it's a really helpful way for for all of us to it's, to learn and to we grow. We certainly want to represent. It works absolutely. Uh, you know all absolutely. aspects of um, what this uh, can be. Yeah, yeah, and this is toward the end, right? The part of me wants to be the other old part of me wants to be like, well, hang in there. Right, people. I don't know that that's the answer. I don't think yeah. it's. Sometimes don't hang in there. Sometimes leave that community. Yeah. Um, but we have to admit that this is a reality of the world. Yeah. That people disappoint and institutions disappoint, and sometimes not in just casual ways. 
uh, in deeply hurtful, painful, long-lasting ways. Um, but, but we hope that people have healing and love and can find ways through that. Yeah. Well, we uh, talked about a lot of things today. We kind of meandered yeah. a little bit, but we do hope that you found today's conversation meaningful. As we said before, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, if you um, have ideas about topics you'd like us to cover, or just comments uh, or perspective about anything we've talked about, you can uh, reach out to us at babyjesuspodcast at gmail.com and uh, we hope to hear from you and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks everyone.